Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Well, uh, this is a, a talk that uh, uh, I've been thinking about for a little while now, and it, it is entitled Embracing, go on, say it with me. Change, change, change. Nobody likes change unless it's to their benefit, right? Uh, Winston Churchill said it like this, to improve is to change. And so tonight I want to talk about change because the Lord has been dealing with me about change. We're in a season of change, and so I thought it was fitting that we kind of share that tonight to kind of give you uh, some inspiration, some direction uh, with, with the things that the Lord is, is working on. So let's pray and get right into things. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, that it leads and guides, that it inspires and challenges and corrects. And so Holy Spirit, tonight speak to our hearts. Stretch our faith. Give us the courage to take the steps that you lead us in. In your name, Jesus, amen. Philippians chapter 3, it says this, uh, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. This is the Apostle Paul talking to this young church. Or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. Now here's the thing you got to realize about Paul. He, he, he's... he's, he's Letting the people know that he, he's, he's not taking credit, recognition. He's wanting the, the people he's writing, he's wanting this young church to understand that he's not, uh, he, he's looking to the Christ for this, for what's, what's happened in his life. And then he says this, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I'm forgetting the past. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which Christ Jesus called me. Now, this is the thing you have to understand. A lot of people think, well, that's preacher's stuff. But Paul's not writing to preachers. You got that? He's writing to church members. And he's, he's setting the example for them as we take steps of faith and, and, and embrace what God is leading us in, you understand God leads us in different journeys in our life at different times. He doesn't show you the big picture. And Paul's point is, what we did yesterday, as wonderful, as great, as, as much as we liked it, there's something new that we have to look at. And so he says, I'm forgetting that part of it. And I'm pressing on for what God has next for me. The, the thing is, when we get used to something... You talk about difficult to change. How many of you would say that you're set in your ways in certain things? Yeah, the rest of you are liars. <clears throat> or you just didn't want to say anything. I get it, but we're all that. That is human nature. You get used to things. And so for us, when we make the choice, when we choose to maintain an environment of change, what happens is this. We position ourselves for a higher level of influence. You see, I believe that Victory Life Church is called to this community to do something to influence people to advance the kingdom of heaven. And we have to be willing to embrace changes, to look at new concepts, new things in order to fulfill that. But man, when we get used to stuff, 
Mm-mm. Well, I like it the way it is. And here, here's the thing, as I'm putting this together and I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul and some of the challenges he faced with some of these young churches, um, every pastor that God has called to do something, every pastor that God has given a vision or direction for a certain time or season, what he will do is send people that will connect, not just with him, but with that vision. See, I know that everybody doesn't fit our style. Everybody doesn't like my style of preaching. Some people don't like me. And I get it. But by design, it will take all of us being united together, being unified to accomplish what God wants us to do. If you'll remember in Philippians, if you'll go in, in I think it's in chapter 2, Paul is talking about the young minister, Timothy, and he makes this crazy statement. He said that I have nobody like-minded. And then he says this, because they all seek their own. Now, the thing you have to understand is this, be, becoming like-minded, man, that takes some work. It takes a willing, humble heart to be like-minded. Now, like-minded doesn't mean a yes man. Like-minded means that you hook up with the vision that God has given a local church, a local pastor, and you, I say this delicately, and you submit, or in the words of Derek, know your role. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. That was, I wasn't going to add that part, Leslie, but thank you. <laughs> but it takes willing and humble people to yield to that because, man, I am telling you, over the years, I was thinking as I was kind of thinking about my talk this afternoon, I've been pastoring now for over 20 years, right? I'm like, man, I mean, I've been here since 2004. I'm like, son, that's a long time. You know, and, and over the years, the things that I've seen and been a part of, you see, one of the things is when you find those willing and humble people that, that are hooked up with the vision, and, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about vision a little bit later on, but when, you, when you're willing to lay your agenda aside and submit. See, submission is not the same thing as agreement. It would be foolish for me to think that all of y'all are going to agree with every idea that I bring down or, my, you know, you know, we tell, I tell our staff, <laughs> right? I tell our staff all the time, we want your ideas. I just don't want your emotion attached to them because the bulk of them will get told no. And man, when you tell, Chad, when you tell somebody no, and they have, they poured their heart into it and they think it's from, they got it straight from the mountain, man. They've been in the presence of God, and, and it's a bad idea. Or it's not, an, uh, it's not a now idea, and we get tore up about it, and you, so we, we can't do that. And, and so being submitted to something, not, even though you connect to a person, you're submitting to God, right? Yeah. And, and one of the greatest qualities about humility is that humility, it recognizes and glorifies what God's doing in that particular moment. You're, you, you, you're on board with that. One of my favorite, if you will, 
humility quotes is this. Pride makes excuses. Humility makes adjustments. But man, to get to that place, you know, it, ta- it takes some work. And then the Apostle James, he, in his letter to the church, he tops it off with this. And God will give grace to the humble. See, we want the grace of God on our life. We want the hand of God, the favor of God, the anointing and power of God. And make no mistake about it, there's going to be times when serving together in a local church, it's going to take a real good dose of humility. So you know what? I'm so mad right now. I don't even like you. And you want me to come serve next to you. Now listen, I've seen this over the years. I've seen people get mad at somebody, get mad at me, and and just quit. They don't check with the Lord. They just quit. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? But you can't say that to them, you know. You got to let them, you got to let them figure it out, pray for it, yeah. See, God is wanting us to be willing and humble to connect with a vision and, and stay the course. I can, I can only imagine some of the stuff that, that some of Paul's disciples, man, they're like, dude, I'm out. You have lost your mind. And, and, and here's the thing, you think about it. If you, when you have some time and you're following the Apostle Paul and you look at his life and ministry, it, it wasn't like us today. You didn't have somebody talk about you on social media. They show up where you're preaching and throw rocks at you or have you arrested. Yeah, beaten and put in jail. They didn't really lock you up, you know. And, and so when, when I look at his life, it really kind of gives me perspective because we're a bunch of sissies a lot of times. Somebody talked about me. <laughs> I'm quitting. You know, and, what, and what's sad is I can't tell you how many times I've told God I'm quitting. I've had enough of them people's crazy, man. I'm out. I'm going to get a job. I got skills in other things. <laughs> and they're like, you know, nope, nope, and nope. Now, you know, God's not making me stay. You understand that. But I think, we're, I think sometimes we're a little soft in the American church, you know. And so maybe, just maybe, the Lord is going to help us with some of this. So listen to, listen to Paul's words in Romans chapter 14. He says this, and this is out of the message paraphrase. I really like how uh, the message paraphrases this. He says, Let us, he says, let's agree to use all of our energy, watch this, in getting along with each other. <laughs> don't get too excited. But I mean, we don't, eat, we don't do that, do we? Sometimes we won't use any energy to get along. Like, oh, you'll see somebody in the cafe and you'll go down the children's hall. Huh? Let's agree to use all of our energy in getting along with each other, helping others with, watch this, encouraging words and don't, say don't, don't drag others down by finding fault. I'll sneak up on conversations in the lobby or somewhere, and boy, y'all wear somebody out. I'm talking about, now, now I'm your shepherd, right? So I'm going to talk about you, you know, it, because we're all guilty of this stuff. No? Y'all good Christian folk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to try that on the Sunday crowd, see how they do. 
So, so here's a question that I kind of wrote down as I'm thinking about this and talking about Paul and, and his young protege, Timothy. How like-minded would you say you are to the vision we have at our church? Now, some of you are like, well, I don't even know what the vision is. Well, shame on you. We post it on everything. It's everywhere on our website. We talk about it all the time. So if you don't know and you want to be a disciple, then you better be fighting out. Okay? But how like-minded are you with our vision? Let me ask you it like this. How like-minded are you with me? Huh? Now, once again, I'm not looking for you to agree with everything I do, and I, de I definitely don't want a bunch of yes people around me. And Tracy will make sure of that. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Do you really think that Timothy was the only one that God tapped on the shoulder? No, there was all kinds of people that God was putting and was nudging and calling. But T Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, he said, everybody else was looking out for their own stuff. He said, Timothy, he was, he's with me. And so Timothy got to, when you, if you'll study history, Timothy got to take over the church at Ephesus, one of the largest churches. I mean, I know some people are like, well, I don't really think all them mega churches is that big a deal. Well, you need to read your Bible. The church at Ephesus had over 10,000 people at one time in it. Mega church. Way, 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 way back before. TV and Colosseums and, huh? I mean, day one, the church in Jerusalem, 3,000. I mean, what if 3,000 showed up here Sunday? What you going to do? Some of you say it'd be awesome. Some of you are like, I'm out. They got my seat. I'm mad. <laughs> you know it's the truth, man. That's how we are, church people. We're all so inwardly thinking sometimes. See, I, I can tell you this with, with the utmost certainty. As a pastor, I can tell you this. Any pastor that doesn't have a great team around them won't be one long. See, you all are what makes Victory Life Church great. I have my part to play. I have a role in it as the leader, but without you all, you know, I'm just making noise. And so we have to be on point about what we do. We have to be willing to, with a humble heart, reevaluate, self-evaluate. Uh, Solomon actually said this in one of his writings. He said, a dull ax, it requires much more work. And so for us, I think sometimes talks like this, it just kind of helps us to keep our acts sharp. Because I think we're living in a time in history where the church needs to, needs to play a more significant role in what's going on in the world. But the problem is the church is so divided. Now, I'm, I'm not talking just, yes, globally the church is divided. The church is so confused with all its little groups and denominations, and titles, and just, but I mean, even within, within our four walls, we can't agree on stuff. Now, I was listening to one of my mentors, he was talking the other day, and he made this statement. He said, you know what, I am really tired of my tax dollars going to something that goes against what my God says. Amen. And I'm like, you know what, that'll preach right there. But y'all say it will preach? But then we'll vote for somebody that supports abortion. Yeah. 
I'm Gary Tony, and I approve this message. <laughs> Maybe I should. See, staying sharp, you all, staying sharp is a key in making the changes that we need to make as far as a local church running our race. Listen to the writer of Hebrews, chapter 12. It says this in verse 1. <clears throat> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. What's that mean? There's stuff in your life you need to get rid of. There are things that steal your time that God wants you in the word. You see, a disciple means a disciplined, disciplined one. A disciple. It's not just a churchgoer on a Sunday or a Wednesday. You come get a little 30-minute nugget and then you go back to your own. No, no, no. We want to see some change. Part of our responsibility is making disciples, not converts. Disciples. That means we want to train you so that when you're in the thick of it, out in your community, on the, on the job, shopping with your family over the holidays, and Cousin Eddie shows up in the Winnebago. Some of y'all are like, who's that? Are you for real right now? It's Christmas. Y'all ain't, ain't seen the Griswolds yet? Right? We have to be ready at any given moment to be that disciple Jesus needs to be. He says, so since we're surrounded by this crowd of witnesses, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us, watch this, run with endurance the race that's set before us. You see, guys, why would the Lord tell us that we need endurance? See, if, if, you're, if, you've, ever done, if you've ever done any running, and then you quit, and then you go back and try it again, you don't have the same endurance. I know in your mind, you, I'm, I'm getting ready to find out, because I've asked my staff, I, I try to get people to, Ricky and Bettina used to go watch us, and now they don't even do, I mean, I think one time Ricky just sat in the car. But we, we do this race on Thanksgiving Day. Tracy and I, have, we, it's a tradition. We've done it for years. And we used to have this big time, and we'd go eat pancakes afterward. But nobody, nobody wants to go anymore. There you go. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you'll run? There you go. Tracy, she's taking my spot. <laughs> but I'm about, because here's the thing. I, I haven't, I, I don't run like I used to. So I'm, I'm about to find out about endurance. <laughs> on Thursday morning because you know I'll, I'll get through that first mile and then I'm like I'm dying <laughs> no endurance God wants us to have endurance to run the race that's set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne and now he's empowered us he sent his spirit and anointed us you see one of our primary functions as a believer as a disciple as a local church is that we provide a place where people can not only grow spiritually but give them the opportunity to discover and put into practice the things that God's showing them, the things that God has gifted them to do, the things God's called them to do. If you're listening to me, God's got stuff on your heart. There are things he wants you to do. 
And that doesn't mean that it's, that it's on the stage. You know, I know that for years, Cody probably didn't think he was going to be on the stage. But he just kept hanging around, you know. I mean, I mean, when he was real little, I, got, I still got the picture of him. I think he was 12. And he was helping us with the building. I mean, he's a little bitty thing sitting back there. And he's sweeping and doing at 12 years old. He's, yeah, that's right, Jack. You know, and so I guess the Lord like, well, see, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of heart I can do something with right there. Now, is he going to do dumb stuff? Well, just ask his mom. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Yeah, we'll ask Derek. He'll, he'll shoot us straight, right? See, guys, the local church, it was never, this is one of your big take-homes tonight. The local church was never intended to be this special club for believers only. That was never God's intention. We're really more like we're supposed to be a hospital for the lost and the broken and the hurting. You see, this is the thing with us moving forward, with, with, with us as a local church. The scripture that, that, that I've been using lately that the Lord kind of gave us as a team is in Matthew chapter 4. And the Bible says that Jesus, he went teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and, say and, and what? Healing all the sick. Now somewhere down the road, we started to professionalize the teaching and the preaching, and we just forgot the rest of the passage. And so our mandate moving forward is all of it. I think for the foreseeable future, that's going to be the word of the Lord for Victory Life. We're going to teach and we're going to preach, and we're going to heal the sick. Because what I've, yeah, what I've discovered over the years is, listen, the medical industry, it is, it is one of the biggest industries on the planet right now. And I'm telling you, we, we and, and I'm not, I mean, listen, we, you need to pray for doctors and nurses. We have a boatload of them that attend our church. I'm not coming against that field, but I think we have an answer that has no, are you ready for this? No side effects. I mean, anymore, I don't care what they give you, you, you need a lexicon to figure out what all that stuff says about the side effects you got with a drug that they don't even know what it really does, you know, here, take this. <laughs> and we say, okay, because <laughs> you, you a doctor. Anyway, I think as we begin to embrace some of this, is it going to be difficult? Yeah. Will we have criticism? Yeah. But there will always be those who never see this, but you got to get it. Serving the Lord, it should always be perceived this way. It is an honor, not an obligation. When the Lord taps you on the, so on the shoulder, it is an honor that God asks you to do something. Because you, you, the thing you have to understand, there are hundreds and thousands that just completely ignore the tap on the shoulder, the little nudge in the heart. And when he says, I'm going to use you, Thank you, Lord. And don't kid yourself, guys. Growing a church, I can tell you from experience, it takes motivated people that are willing to make the time with their talents and abilities to do stuff, to make the sacrifices, even with their resources. You know, you take, here's a perfect example. I, I, you know, I can say something about the things of God. I can preach a message up in here and, and make some points and all that kind of stuff. But when somebody is serving alongside another person and they hear you say it, or better yet, they see you do it, 
all of a sudden revelation clicks in them because it's no longer what the preacher said. Now they're, they're hearing it from the body and they're like, yes, I got that. I, I'm telling you, there is more ministry that goes on out there on any given Sunday, man, with people that are just ministering to one, one another. I know a lot of people want to be up here. It ain't all that, I can just tell you. It comes with a lot of junk, you know. A lot of criticism. I mean, there is responsibility. You're right, Jack, but on the other side of it, people quick to give you their opinion about stuff, man. <laughs> I'm like, what about your own junk, man? Talk about yourself. Huh? See, part of our responsibility here, we, we want to provide that environment for people so they can come in and, and try stuff and discover things and kind of figure out where it is that you fit uh, to, to motivate people to get involved. For some people, maybe even... Take, take some risks. See, I was talking uh, with, with Will before service, and he's going to be part of one of our teams as we move forward with some of the change that's getting ready to take place here. And I know some of you are like, well, what is it? Tell us. I'm going to tell you in a minute. Calm down. But JFK, he, he made this statement. He said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. You got to be willing to take some risks sometimes. You got to be willing to try something sometimes. See, I believe the church should be the most creative, the most inspiring, the most challenging, and the most fun place that society could come and experience Jesus in. Man, so many, so many Christians I run into, you're so serious, man. And then you look around, nobody, nobody's following you. Because you're too daggone serious all the time. Lighten up, man. You're going to heaven. Yeah? <laughs> when, you, when you tell somebody that you want to share, smile a little bit. I know I'm trying to get better at that. See, the sad truth about the church is this. And, and, and it took me a while to kind of to get this, Derek. People, people aren't all, they're not necessarily rejecting God. They're just rejecting us, the church. Because we got a bunch of goofy junk that we try to shove down their throat. And, and, so, and in today's American landscape of church, people have already been bombarded with a lot of stuff. They're gonna, you're going to run into them, they're going to come through those doors, and they're going to have all kinds of preconceived ideas of what church ought to be like. See, we got to take a good hard look at ourselves. Yeah? We need to continually evaluate, to evaluate not only what we do, but how we do it. Listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 9. Once again, I want to use the message here. Y'all doing okay? All right. Even though I am free, now this is Paul writing to the church, and the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily became a servant. Did you notice that? He didn't say that the deacon board paid me. He said, I voluntarily became a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, Non-religious, moralist, loose living, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. He said, I've become just about every sort of servant that there is in my attempt to lead those that I meet into a God-saving relationship. See, when we take that attitude, that I'll become whatever it needs to be, huh? Man, I, I'm telling you, that's a hard thing, especially when you've been in the church for a while. Oh, I used to do that way back when. And, 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 and I know you're saying that you, you don't do that anymore. And, and I, there's some truths in some of that that you, you know, it's like it would be difficult for me to go do 
kids' ministry because I, be, I, I'd have a hard time getting off the floor after I got down there with them. I'm like, help! <laughs> I understand there's things that, you know, the grace runs out on. But a lot of this is a heart thing. It's a motive. A key component for us, for believers, I really, as a whole, in staying relative or relevant and being able to follow Paul's example is this. Sherry, you got to have an adaptable attitude. I, I only called out Sherry because I showed it to her at the office today. I wasn't, I wasn't getting on her. I wasn't saying, well, she needs to change her attitude. She might. I mean, <laughs> if y'all know Sherry, she might. <clears throat> but we need an adaptable attitude in situations. As a believer, man, you need to be a little bit more flexible sometimes. The famous, I, I want you to get this, the famous last words of the unadaptable is this. Well, we never done it that way. Yeah, we never done it that way. I don't know about that way. Well, that's all it means. And there's going to be things that we're going to try as a local church, and we're probably going to fall flat on our face. Can I give you an example? I, I don't know that we fell on our face, but let me give you an example so, this, so we can bring this home. Y'all, how many of y'all remember Lexington campus? Yeah. No, it doesn't exist anymore. And I'm cool with that. But for five years, we worked hard. For years, it was setting up and taken down, and, and, and then I get to listen to John Hadlock. Now, I don't, if you don't know John, John's, he's, he's from our Lexington campus, and we've got, a, we've got quite a few families that came with us, but John is from Wisconsin, and he's loud. But he called me the other day, and, uh, and, and I don't know the status of his brother right now, uh, he's about to go home, but praise God, now we know he's about to go home to heaven. But listen to the story. And so this is because we spent five years in Lexington, and it would be real easy for me to say that we failed there. But all I got to do is look at his life and then listen to this story, and I know I didn't fail there. We, we obeyed the Lord, and we changed people's lives there, and then we turned the page in that, and we went on. But he calls me the other day. His brother is... is in critical condition and actually he is in a coma at this at that time he was in a coma and the hospitalists had already come in and they had already told uh, John to just pull the plug on his life and John said wait a minute I need to call my pastor and he says I'm torn and so him and his sister they're on the phone with me and they don't know what to do because they don't think he's born again and I'm like, you know, I don't want him to suffer. And I'm, and I'm like, well, okay. I said, well, let, let's, let's look at it this way. If you get five minutes with him to get him right with God, even if he was uncomfortable for a few minutes on the planet, and they both said, okay. So a few days go by. John calls me. He says, Gary, you're not going to believe this, man. The doctor called me, said he's awake. Because John and I, we were, you know, we prayed over him. I was praying for him, you know. So he's awake. So John gets to the hospital. He's, he's, he's alert. He can respond. He can talk. And, and I told John, I said, do not play with this. If you get this window, get right up in his face like you would me with your Wisconsin roughness. And you ask him. And so he asked him. And his brother said, I want to. And John said, you know the prayer we say every Sunday? I said it to him. Yeah. And so he led his brother to the Lord. Yeah. 
Uh, and now wait a minute, it gets even better. So he leaves, and then the doctor calls him back, says, you need to get back over here. They pulled the tubes out. He's sitting up in bed. They said, we're going to let him walk around tonight. <laughs> yeah. Now, his status is still bad, you know, and he, he may not make it. He may, but here's the thing. Now he's going to heaven, and they know that for sure. And so sometimes you do all, I mean, would God let us do all of that for him? I mean, he would put Paul in prison for one family. So, yeah. I mean, there's others that you all know that come here now. But, but when I thought about that story, I'm like, you know. But sometimes when you step out in something and you don't see great success with things, but especially because we're always looking at other stuff, comparing ourselves with other people. There's going to be things that you're going to try. And it's going to be terrible. You know? And, and, and it's okay. See, here's the thing. Maybe this talk is just to remind us that we embrace a little more of an attitude that I'm going to discover my God-given potential. I'm going to take some steps of faith. I'm going to take some risk. I'm going to keep my, maybe we look at it like this. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep my attitude under construction. It's always being worked on. It's always being developed. See, the game changer for us is this, this adaptable attitude. You got to get this, you all. It requires this humble willingness to change, a willingness to leave your so-called comfort zone and step out in something new, maybe. Something else that, that will, will help is this. You got to hang around the right people sometimes. Listen to Paul's words at First Thessalonians. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. In Hebrews it says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. You see, guys, at the end of the day, for all of us, in order for us to continue improving, you got to stay open to change. you got to be willing to change. Every one of us, at some point, uh, we need to have the mindset, we leave here today understanding this, that the church, that the, that the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't just advance on its own. The body of Christ actually has to do something. We have to take those steps, make those adjustments, and to be successful at it, we got to stay open to change. Yeah? you got to be willing to embrace the you know those that will come in those that you will encounter on the workplace you know out in the community that doesn't fit the christian mold i love it when people that don't know the lord that people that are rough around the edges that have grown up like i grew up they come in here and all of a sudden the holy ghost gets in the chair with them i love that stuff man i love to hear those testimonies but it takes people that are having that have this humble like-minded approach Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Of everyone that runs in a race, only one wins. And then he makes this statement. So run to win. See, I, that's the thing. Are you as aggressive about your discipleship as you are your career? Because see, your career will be done one day. Everything we do down here, other than Jack and I were talking in the shop the other day, talking about uh, 
the things we do here, and I've said this many times, D.L. Moody, he's, he's, told, he's told this, you know, his whole, you know, when you look at the life of Moody, this, this dude preached to thousands. No microphone. I mean, he packed stadiums. And he said, everything we do here is simply training for the next chapter of our life. See, that thing I just read earlier about there's going to be reward for us. Some of y'all are going to be in that line and you're going to look over. How many of y'all know who Mary is over in Children's Church? You're going to look in that line like, Mary, what you doing in this line, girl? <laughs> She's worked Children's Church ever since we've been here. And she loves it. Faithful. Yeah. I know we look, we want these big titles and recognition and positions. God doesn't care about it. You think that impresses God? I mean, he makes planets, so that doesn't faze him, yeah? Keep this in mind. Jesus made this statement. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go bear fruit. <clears throat> and here's the thing about it. He didn't, you're going to like this. He didn't create any spectator fruit. You're not supposed to be watching. <clears throat> Remember adaptable attitude? It requires humble willingness to step out. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson said this, nothing can stop the man with the right attitude. And then he said this, and nothing can help the man with the wrong attitude. See, attitude is such a big deal for us. So don't let the wrong one keep you from discovering, from enjoying, from being rewarded with the things that God has for you, the callings, the, the, the appointments, the assignments. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the one who plants and the one who waters, they work together for the same purpose. And both, here you go, both will be rewarded for their own work, for we're both God's workers. See, this is the thing, that, and you, you think about what Jesus said, he said, guys, I'm divine, you're the branches, yeah? Where's the fruit at? On the branch, yeah. Our potential is unlimited as long as we stay connected to him. But then he also said this in that same passage, he says, but don't forget this, my father is the vine dresser. So when, when, I, <clears throat> so when the father comes and does a little pruning on your life, you know, nipping and tucking and cutting a little bit out, and you're like, mm, I don't like that. I want to quit. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen to this. I'm going to wrap this up with this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You were bought with a price. You were purchased with a preciousness. This is out of the Amplified. And paid for. You were made his own. So honor God by bringing glory to him with your body. You see, here's the revelation that I think we all need a little more clarity on. Since he paid <clears throat> this precious price for us, guys, the Father, he no longer looks at us as an observer, but an investor. Because he bought you. He paid the ultimate price for you to be part of his family, to be part of his kingdom. So when we choose to maintain 
a certain level of, of expectation around here that we're striving for. The changes that we are willing to embrace is what's going to take us to that next chapter in our life. And so the changes that we want to introduce is this. Wednesday nights, as you and I know it, after the first of the year, won't be like this anymore. Because we have done this with this little group. And you know I love y'all. But we have done this, uh, how long, Derek? I mean, since we've been in the building, I guess. <clears throat> we had this same Wednesday night group. And, and this is wonderful. But part of our job is making disciples. So we're going we're to change things. We're going to dig a little deeper. We're still going to have our prayer night. Once, once a month here, and, and I know everybody doesn't agree with the prayer night, but personal prayer is not the same as corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is by design, and even though it's, it, it's still new and fresh and we don't know enough about it yet, but the book of Acts makes it very clear when they, when, the Bible says when, when they prayed, when they fasted and prayed, the Holy Ghost said, come out to church. See, there is a manifestation of a, a corporate anointing that you won't get in your personal prayer time. And so we're still learning these things. And so, but I know it may not be for you. That's okay. But we'll still have that. One of the big ones that I want to see getting off the ground is healing school. We want to train people for healing. You know, I've got people that are passionate about it, and it's a real thing, and there's way too much confusion in the body of Christ, and there shouldn't be because in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus preached in the synagogues, or taught in the synagogues, and preached the gospel of the kingdom, and, say and, and he healed the sick. So we're going to have a healing school and <clears throat> we're going to have all these different discipleship programs and it's not going to be in here in a church setting. You're going to be sitting at a desk with a notebook taking notes and you're going to learn some things. Well, I already know it. Well, then we can't help you. Remember the whole humble, adaptable attitude thing? Because I know some of you are like, oh, no, I love Wednesday night. Well, then keep coming. It's just not going to be this anymore because... I love y'all, right? But y'all got to get over me. Listen, you, you, you do. I mean, I, well, you're not preaching tonight? I mean, I'll have people that'll turn around when they find out I'm not preaching and leave. I mean, what is wrong with you? You got your eyes on a man. I know you've gotten used to my style, but that's okay. That's why we throw Cody up here all the time. You're going to get used to Cody. You're going to be like, man, I had enough of Cody. But we've got people that are going to be in these classes. But see, in the class, you're going to be taking notes. You're going to ask questions. We're going to try stuff. We're going to lay hands on sick people. And, when, and, 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 and if nothing happens, we're going to lay hands on them anyway. And we're going to do stuff. And are we going to mess up something? Well, sure we are. <clears throat> but this same thing every Wednesday for the last 20 years, we got to change that. And, and, and I pray that y'all are okay with this. But we go in this way either way. We're asking you to love us and be adaptable and go with us on the journey because some of you, we're going to come to you. Like, oh, <laughs> y'all puckered up all of a sudden with that. Well, you come to me for what? To do something. Because you've been sitting in that chair on Wednesday night since you've been here. And I'm not saying you don't volunteer and other stuff, but this is something completely different. And we don't know what it's all going to look like yet. Some of it will probably be a little busted in the beginning, a little shaky, you know, we don't know. It's, that's right, Chad. I guarantee you some of those first ones, I, guarantee, I got a story I'm going to tell y'all Sunday about Peter. It's going to make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Because Peter, you know he did some crazy stuff sometimes. So, 
I hope you're able to hook up with us on this. So when we'll let you, we'll keep you up to date on things, you know. And as they get going with the different classes, there'll be some Wednesday nights. We're still not going, the first Wednesday, we're still not going to do that. We're going to take Wednesdays off. But one of the big focuses is our youth department. We, they get the entire building. We're going to be back in a classroom in the back and with tables, and you're going to come in, and we're, it's going to be a, a more of a discipleship setting. Uh, but we want to help them explode their ministry. Is that okay if we help our youth? I think, I think we need to give them a little attention, right? So our staff, we're going to be here serving. I'm going to, I'm going to go work in youth for a while. I'm going to be a volunteer over there. So there will be a bunch of changes with this, and I know that some of that's going to be different for you, but give it a chance. God's getting ready to do something special with us here, and I think we just have to be willing to say, okay, Lord, teach us what to do next. Use us for this season we're in. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for wonderful, faithful people. So Holy Spirit, this message of change. Give us that willingness inside us, that humility to help us navigate, the wisdom to lead this thing to the next level. We trust that these are your next directions for us, Lord, and we thank you that you have anointed us to do it in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.